0: Welcome to the Pen Garden, your weekly writing productivity podcast which will help you build a Zen writing routine tailored to your lifestyle. I'm your host, Lainey, and you're listening to episode 3 of our fourth season, Success and Failure. I hope this new season, as always, will be useful to you. It looks at perceived success and failure through the prism of mental well-being and productivity. I can't wait to hear about what you take from it. So grab a drink if you can and relax. This time. Is for you. We are midway through Season 4, so it's the best place to tackle a sensitive topic – receiving criticism. In this episode, I will discuss why criticism is important and how to spot when a negative review might be useless to you. Then, on the mental health side of things, I will look into how to process feedback while still maintaining your feeling of self-worth. Most writers have heard or know that feedback is important. Some beginners, however, are only happy when they receive compliments as feedback and either get discouraged when they get critiqued or offended. So I wanted to very briefly summarize why getting any sort of feedback, positive, negative, and everything in between, is a useful tool in your writer's toolbox. An article by Haley Grant identifies three main benefits to receiving feedback on your written work. Feedback is crucial because it improves learning, enhances relationships and promotes growth. Receiving comments in relation to your writing helps you see your work from a different perspective. Writers are often too close to their words and it's wise to listen to critique. This way, the piece will be streamlined and much improved. Relationships between writers and those who read their writing, be it clients, customers or fellow writers, are really important. When a writer listens to reader feedback, readers feel seen and listened to. They feel a part of the creative journey and are thus more engaged. And finally, feedback is essential because it keeps a writer from going stagnant. It helps creative people who are willing to listen to focus their energy on self-improvement, analysis, and self-reflection. Nurturing these skills is not only important for your writing journey, but also for your growth as an individual, in a world which increasingly places value on authenticity. Now that we've established that feedback of all kinds helps you grow, let's talk about the fact that not all criticism of you and your writing is constructive. Sometimes people are mean for no reason related to you and there's nothing you can do to improve following their comments. To illustrate my point, I will give you a bit of homework. After you finish this episode, go to a book's Amazon page or Goodreads page, any book, and look at a few 5-star reviews. They're probably gonna say what you thought when you read the book, if you liked it. But then, filter all reviews and look at the 1-star ones. Notice how many of the points made there relate to the reader and not the writer. One of the books I was amazed by recently and which made it into my very sparse list of 5-star reads was The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. I love it because it was a beautifully written fantasy book, which was thought-provoking as much as it was entertaining. But here is one of its 1-star reviews. This book weighs 1,119 grams. I have a 1 kilo limit so my books don't knock me out if I fall asleep reading them. Also, it takes itself so seriously and lately I'm into writers who make me laugh along the way. This is the worst review a writer can get. It doesn't say anything about the writing or the plot and only speaks about the reader and their preference. It also fails to inform other readers about why this book would or wouldn't be for them. The size of the book and its tone are obvious from the listings and the blurb and delivered in a much less aggravating way. So I ask you, for the sake of your mental health and for your right journey, evaluate criticism first before you take it to heart. Think whether you have found the correct audience. Maybe it's not your writing, but the way you market and advertise your work. Maybe the time for it is wrong. Whatever it is, try to understand the underlying reason for negative feedback received and if you can't find out, it's more than likely that it's an issue with the reviewer and not you. Let it go and move on to other constructive comments. Talking about positive feedback, if you haven't joined my newsletter yet, you're missing out. I've now sent my first few ones and I'm really enjoying the process. Newsletters come once in the beginning of a season and once at the end, so your inbox won't fill up. They all feature a cute animal and a book recommendation which can improve either your mental health or your productivity as a writer. Feedback about the newsletters has been really positive so far. So after you finish this episode, go sign up. And if you think they can be improved, email me and I'll promise I'll do my best. Many people, not only writers, believe that consistent achievement in life makes them a worthy member of society. If they're contributing to the greater good somehow, they know their existence is not meaningless. They think if they pursue socially defined life goals like marriage, having children, earning big money, receiving peer acclaim, they would be happy, fulfilled, and most importantly, worthy. But what does it mean to be a worthy human or a worthy creator? Does having a mental health illness which prevents you from consistently writing make you any less of a writer? Or is an obscure poet? Who loves their craft less worthy than a best-selling author who doesn't really enjoy writing anymore. Is there an issue in any of those scenarios when it comes to worthiness? I and many more around the globe argue that people are intrinsically worthy of their life and aspirations. If you've ever compared yourself to other people and felt lacking and less worthy of success than them, Maybe it's time to unattach your self-worth from your achievements or lack thereof. In a TED talk about cultivating unconditional self-worth, Dr. Adia Gooden makes a clear distinction between self-esteem and self-worth. Our self-esteem is derived from our abilities, accomplishments, social positions, and things we believe and can achieve. We can bolster our self-esteem by improving our skills and performance, And our self-esteem goes up and down depending on how we're doing in various aspects of our lives. In contrast, unconditional self-worth is distinct from our abilities and accomplishments. It's not about comparing ourselves to others. It's not something that we can have more or less of. Unconditional self-worth is the sense that you deserve to be alive, to be loved and cared for, to take up space. So, to bring this back to writing, how do we cultivate unconditional self-worth when it comes to our creative selves? How do we reconcile the difficult emotions which come from receiving rejection, negative feedback, sometimes downright hate for the work we've poured our hearts and souls into? Dr. Gooden suggests four ways which might not always be easy, but can be very beneficial if adopted with patience and care. First, forgive yourself. Many of us struggle to feel worthy because we are angry with ourselves about past mistakes. To forgive yourself, reflect on the circumstances that led to past mistakes, acknowledge the pain you experienced and identify what you learned from the situation. Then say to yourself, I forgive you, in an honest and kind way. Writers can regret their reactions to negative feedback or blame themselves for a book's bad sales record. Let go of the baggage that blame carries and try harder the next time you're in a similar situation instead. 2. Practice self-acceptance Many of us struggle with low self-esteem because we think there's something wrong with us and we refuse to accept ourselves the way we are. On social media and in general, we receive so many messages that we are not okay the way we are. See if you can let go of the thoughts you have about how the way you think, feel or look should be. Instead, focus on the things you like about yourself. Over time, begin to embrace your quirks. These quirks are probably what will set you apart from other writers. They're going to be the small things that readers love about you and your characters and plots. You're a writer because you have something to say. A story to tell which only you can tell. So embrace that and celebrate it. 3. Be there for yourself When life gets rough, many of us engage in harsh self-criticism, which only leaves us feeling worse. What we need most when we are going through a difficult time is for someone to say, I see you, I see how badly you're hurting, and I'm here. We can do this for ourselves. The next time you experience emotional pain Acknowledge how you're feeling and offer yourself some comfort. So don't bash yourself for the next bad review you receive. Don't jump to the conclusion that it's only natural for you to get it, that you're not a good writer after all. Recognize that you're hurt, there's nothing wrong with that. And tend to yourself before you address the feedback. Come back to it from a place of inner strength and understanding. 4. Connect with supportive people Low self-worth can leave us feeling isolated and alone. When we think there's something wrong with us, we tend to pull away from our relationships and this isolation only exacerbates our feelings of unworthiness. Connecting to people who are supportive helps us to get in touch with our humanity and our sense of worth. So reach out to your writer friends, your communities of writers who undoubtedly also get bad reviews and bad days. Share your pain and allow yourself to believe that what they tell you is true. Let them uplift you as you would uplift them in their time of need. Other writers are not only there for you when you need inspiration, as I said in season 3. They're also there to support you when being a writer is not as nice as it sounds. To summarize, feedback is important. Writers learn from it, improve their writing craft and use it to build long-lasting relationships with fellow authors and readers. Not all feedback is constructive, so it's best to let some negative comments go and not let them affect your feeling of self-worth. Your writing achievements do not determine whether you're a worthy writer. You are by default that because you enjoy your creative journey and you have a story to tell. Cultivating unconditional self-worth can help you maintain good mental health, which is invaluable for any writer's creative practice. Next week, The Pen Garden will have an unexpected break because I won't have access to my recording equipment and didn't have the organizational prowess to pre-record an episode. But I'm sure you'll be fine during the holiday season, resting, writing and reflecting on this difficult, difficult year. So the next episode will come on the 5th of January. Its topic will be very timely, focusing on how to set achievable, personalized writing goals. It is the best episode to listen to before you decide on your New Year's writing resolutions. A blog post which summarizes the ideas of this podcast is available on my website, thepengarden.com. I have cited all my sources there so you can go on and continue your own research on the topic. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you can, please leave a short review. It helps creators who are starting out, such as myself, let more people know the podcast is enjoyable. Sign up to my newsletter for more and come chat with me on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast was informed by the turbulent journey of writing and publishing my first book, The Lavender Phantom. It is a romantic thriller and is now available for pre-sale at a special price for early birds. It's 25% off, and if you pre-order now, you can join me in my pre-order giveaway and win some gift cards, books, and tea. All details can be found on my website, lanydelrock.com slash books. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Hope you have a restful holiday break and speak to you soon.